Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are, whether that's in Vancouver, Medellin, Colombia or London. And before I forget, if you're a new listener, I want to give you a special warm welcome to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. It really means a lot to me. And in today's episode, I'm excited to speak to my friend Joseph Hoag from the YouTube channel Let's Talk Money. I'm quite excited about this episode as I am a subscriber to Joseph's channel myself and I watch it on a regular basis. Joseph indeed loves to talk all things money, from the stock markets for beginners to how to buy stocks, from passive income and side hustle ideas to the best investment in dividend stocks. My primary interest in watching Joseph's videos is actually to learn more myself about dividend-paying stocks. This is a part of my investment portfolio I want to grow, actually. This episode will be a little more technical than usual, as we will indeed discuss a few financial ratios, such as the P.E. ratio, price on earning ratios, operating margins. We'll discuss as well uh, the, pay the dividend payout ratios. But don't worry, Joseph will make it easy to distill the information and he will guide us through the wonderful world of stock pickings and dividend stocks. Yeah, I know, I'm totally nerding out here. <laughs> this episode is for you if you're interested in learning more about stock pickings, or if, like me, you want to grasp the essentials behind dividend-paying stocks better. So let's not wait a minute more, and let's go for the interview. Hello, Joseph. How are you doing today? Jonathan, I'm great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Excellent. And I'm very excited to have you because... Uh, I've been following your YouTube channel, uh, mostly because I wasn't interested in um, getting more into dividend stocks. Yeah, I, I found your videos quite helpful, and I'm very happy to have you here, uh, that you, so that you can explain as well to, um, to our listeners how this works. We have already touched upon stocks as such on the show, but it was mostly index funds or mutual funds or more passive ways to invest. And I also wanted to discuss with you, and maybe we can start with that, Joseph, how to pick stocks. I mean, let's say I have $10,000 or 10,000 uh, euros, and I'm interested in uh, entering the stock markets, and I want to invest in individual companies. So I'm really curious about how should I start? How should I go about it? Sure. Yeah, I love talking about stocks. I come from an, an equity analyst background. So uh, yeah, before I was a blogger, before I was a YouTuber, then I, uh, I did help uh, venture capital companies. I helped uh, private wealth individuals uh, pick individual stocks and set up their portfolio. So it's a great subject. Love talking about it. And uh, and yeah, and I think it's it, it is a big opportunity for a lot of people. Uh, for for people that actually want to spend a little bit a little bit extra more time to uh, to pick their individual stocks. Uh, maybe have some in index funds, but uh, but get that extra you know three to five percent return uh, above above what you would pick or above what you would get from the stock market each year. So uh, sure, great opportunity. And there's there's some things that uh, that that I can definitely help with uh, you know helping you understand really how stock picking actually works. Uh, we're not talking about what you see on TV. Uh, what you see on a lot of the TV shows, a lot of the blogs where uh, where they just kind of throw a lot of stock picks out at you, and uh, and you're supposed to be basically just take that as gospel. That is not how stock investing works, uh, and it's not how analysts work. Uh, and I think a lot of people are really surprised with that. Yeah. And did you, when you were working as an equity analyst, were you advising or working for pri I mean, retail investors or for institutions? It was mostly for institutions. So I would work with a, a venture capital 
firm that was looking for startup companies. Uh, I worked for another firm that uh, that was looking for uh, publicly traded stocks, but uh, but but looking for individual uh, small cap and penny stocks, things like that. And then I would work with uh, portfolio managers that they would in turn work with the private clients. But I would mostly be working with with the uh, the portfolio managers. So I would be telling the portfolio managers, okay, these are the best stocks for uh, for the portfolios. And then the managers would then talk to their clients about you know which ones they wanted to buy. Yeah, and now you have started your websites and you wrote books, and you have this YouTube channel which I'm which I'm enjoying. I'm a subscriber. Excellent. <laughs> so focusing then more on a retail investor, so private. I mean, yeah, private individuals. Yeah, I, I love talking to you know that that Main Street investor, the the Main Street uh, people and people in the community. Uh, it's really uh, really been a, a 180 uh, degree turn from from what I used to do, and I love it. You know, I love uh, talking on the blogs and and really through that YouTube channel where I can get that face to face feel with with everyone in the community. So uh, so yeah, sure, love to. I'd love to see everybody uh, head on over to YouTube to Let's Talk Money and join join us in the community. Really. Of course, and I will uh, link it all, all up in the show notes so you can follow Joseph and subscribe to his channel. It's great. I love it. And it's uh, very insightful and it's concise and very, no, very detailed. And uh, it covers many topics, many industries, many type of stocks, many errors you should avoid, etc. And today, may maybe you can uh, discuss, uh, Joseph, uh, how one should um, go on about starting investing in the stock markets. And Sure. How how should one start? I mean, let's say I have ten thousand euros or dollars. Okay, how do I go on about it? Should I just watch your show and follow everything you say, <laughs> or uh, read the, the Wall Street, um, you know, the the, um, the newspapers? Well, I think the first thing that people need to understand and and realize is that if you're not ready to put in the extra time to research uh, stocks, then then that index fund uh, investing is, is perfectly fine. Uh, you're going to get, as long as you hold some of those passive index funds, uh, you're going to get that steady market return. Uh, it's going to go up and down as the market goes up and down. And, and you're probably going to be just fine. Uh, if you are ready to spend maybe just a couple of hours a week uh, to to look at individual stocks and pick stocks, then, then yeah, that's when you can start thinking about uh, looking at those individual companies in which to invest. Uh, so that's that's step one. Step two is understand that you are not you're not investing in any industry, any sector, uh, any any stock that uh, that you know is mentioned on CNBC or in a video or anything like that. Uh, that is. I think that's where 90% of the investors out there get wrong. They they watch CNBC, they get 10 stock picks, uh, and and they they try to you know invest in all 10, or they mm -hmm. try to even even look at all 10, and that's just not how investing works. Uh, the reason is that you know stocks with all the information out there, stocks are pretty well priced uh, according to what information is out there, right? So to be really successful as a stock picker, you have to focus on one particular uh, sector of the economy. So maybe on consumer staples companies, maybe on energy companies, uh, uh, or even, even a specific industry or a few industries within that sector. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you how, how it really works on Wall Street. And And uh, with professional stock market analysts, is they are usually uh, they they usually uh, focus on just one or two industries or, or one or two sectors at the most, and some even on just a, a handful of three or four or five companies is all they cover, 
Uh, that is all they look at. Uh, often an analyst will have a professional experience within that field. So uh, a lot of just about every uh, every person, every analyst in the uh, pharmaceutical space or in the uh, in the drug uh, the drug stock space uh, has that is either a doctor or comes from a pharmaceutical company or has that professional background where they know how that business works, how that industry works, how profits are made, and which companies are going to uh, going to do really well. Because when you get down to picking stocks at that individual stock level, you need that deep level of experience. And it's not to say that, uh, you know, people, you know, just the ordinary, uh, the, the main street investor can't do this, but they do need to focus. Uh, so, so if you're, uh, what's, what's ideal and what's, uh, really, really what you want to do is investing in stocks within your industry. So if you are a, uh, I mean, and this can work for anyone. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a construction person, then uh, st- start looking at construction stocks, stocks of construction companies, right? If you're a, a doctor, then I start looking at uh, either pharmaceutical stocks or healthcare stocks, things things within that sector or within the individual industries, uh, and then start there to do your research on those individual companies. Okay. Now, for the rest of your portfolio, that's that's going to be maybe maybe 10 or 20% of your portfolio, you're going to invest in individual companies uh, within that sector that you know you have that deep experience in, right? You're going to buy, you know, maybe two or three of the best companies that you know are the best companies in that industry. And that's going to be 10 or maybe 20% of your portfolio. With the rest of your portfolio, since you don't have that that deep level of experience uh, in all those other sectors and those industries, then that's where you uh, you buy those those stock market funds, right? The, the index funds, the ETFs, that kind of thing. To to give you that broad exposure to the rest of the market. So what we're talking about here is is getting that stock market return uh, through those index funds, and then using your specific professional knowledge in that one industry or the, that handful of industries or that handful of stocks uh, to get that extra return. Okay, that's how you make money in the stock market. It's not by uh, you know starting with the uh, 5,000 stocks available, 5,000 <laughs> companies available and trying to pick the best ones, right? You start with a much smaller, much smaller group uh, and, and where you can best apply your knowledge. That's really, that's what stock picking is really about. Uh, and then, and then of course we can go into uh, some things that you look for within that, that group that you're analyzing. Yeah, no, I really like that. And um, I, I was discussing this as well with a friend of mine, Brad, and we talked about investing in our own field. And so I hear you say the same because the thing is it gets you, you have the knowledge because you work day in, day out in this field. I mean, for myself, I was working in the oil industry a few years back. So I bought some, uh, some oil stocks, which have done well, but it's not because I'm smart. It's just because I'm in there. I know what's going on. I know, uh, which companies are well managed, etc. So it's a, you know, it's absolutely a great tip. So you should not start getting too broad and pick uh, luxury stocks, retails, this and that. I mean, just, yeah, I like the, the, what you said. Just start with a narrow range of stocks and then maybe broaden a bit, but uh, at least uh, start small. Sure, sure. Yep. I, I think I think at most you probably want to invest at the sector level. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so there's 11 sectors of the economy. You've got utilities, energy stocks, consumer staples, that kind of thing. And then within each sector, there's uh, different industries. So within uh, within consumer staples stocks, you've got uh, food, you've got uh, all the things that people buy. So so household products, uh, personal goods, things like that. So uh, I think you, you can probably go to that sector level and invest across the different industries. 
but again, I think uh, you know, I think your your best uh, your best bet or, or your best route is sticking with even a specific industry uh, in which you have you have deep professional experience and you know what works in that industry. You know the best companies and and you know the you know the ones that are going to be winning. Yeah. And Joseph, uh, one question I hear frequently from when I speak with people around me is that, oh, you invest in stocks. So you watch the news every day. How do you follow it? <laughs> How do you follow it up? It, it's a common one. Huh? Sure, sure. And that's and I think going back to that, that strategy, uh, this dramatically decreases the uh, the amount of time that you need to to research and to watch TV and watch the news and, and watch videos uh, if you're only covering maybe a handful of, of 15 or 15 stocks 10 or 15 stocks at the most in an industry then that's all you have to worry about you keep up to date with all the news within for for those stocks within that industry uh, maybe you read uh, once a week there's uh, you know maybe a, a journal magazine or some kind of a uh, an online news a site specific to that industry, you, you might check in there once a week, but you don't need to spend the uh, the hours and hours that that you would otherwise. Where if you're trying to pick, you know, two or three or four stocks out of five thousand in the market. Yeah, absolutely. And then another one I hear frequently is, yeah, but it's risky. I might lose all my money, or um, yeah, maybe I should invest in real estate instead. So I don't know what you have to say to to those uh, folks. <laughs> Sure. Well, well, I think you should always invest in real estate as well. Mm -hmm. uh, every every portfolio, every investor, every person should have a combination of stocks, bonds, and real estate. Uh, and the, the great thing about uh, the stock market is that you can get that bond uh, that bond exposure and the real estate exposure through through a stock like investments. Right? You can get bond funds that hold lots of bonds. You don't even need to really know what a bond is or, or how a bond works. You just buy a bond fund, and that's going to give you that safe, stable uh, uh, exposure to bonds. You can buy uh, what's called real estate investment trusts, uh, which mm -hmm. are REITs, uh, and those are companies that invest in. Uh, in companies that that own real estate, commercial real estate, and collect those rents, uh, and here in the United States, they actually get a, a special tax break for passing on most of their profits onto investors. Which, of course, means you know it's a, it's a more efficient way to hold that real estate uh, because they're not paying taxes at that corporate level. But it's also uh, it also means huge uh, huge dividends for the investors. So so every investor wants uh, some bond funds, wants some REITs. Even if you're uh, investing in maybe your your own rental properties or, or some other types of investments, put some REITs in there. Um, but then, yeah, sure, stocks are stocks are risky. Uh, they're always going to be risky, even with this strategy, which which lowers the risk a little bit because you're still getting that stock market return, that overall return with those mm -hmm. index funds, uh, and you have that professional experience. So you're not just you know throwing darts at a at a at a page of the Wall Street Journal. You're actually uh, you know what you're investing in, but. Uh, You know, stocks are going to be risky, but over the long term, they provide a great return that just can't be beat, right? If you're investing over 10 plus years, those stocks are going to provide uh, between an 8 to 12% or, or higher return. Yeah. And, and that has been the case throughout your career as well, that the, the stock markets was returning an average of 8 to 12%. Sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, this this last, uh, this last 10 years has been kind of out of the ordinary. You know, stocks are... I think 12 to 15%. Uh, so that's definitely not something I think people should expect uh, going forward for the next 10 years. People mm -hmm. probably shouldn't expect 15%. But uh, but there you, you should be happy with with 8 to 10%. Uh, understand, you know, one thing that I, I tell investors, I think surprises a lot of people is understand that 
investing is just as much about what you put into your account as as those returns. You know, everybody wants to invest in stocks and get rich, uh, get those <laughs> double or triple digit returns. And it just doesn't work like that, right? If you're putting in, say, uh, you know, a consistent monthly amount, say 50 or $100 a month uh, and getting about 7% return, let's say, then the, so if you're con- contributing every month that that same amount, the returns, the money you make on that money doesn't uh, doesn't equal half of your portfolio for 20 years. Okay, so so that money that you're putting in is the greater part of your portfolio for all of you know two decades, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's so important that that you uh, that you put in money every month consistently and, and really grow your account that way. You know, don't don't chase after these penny stocks that are going to make you rich overnight uh, and, and also going to lose your money uh, in the next night. Uh, just put your money in consistently. Uh, pick a, a handful of individual stocks if you will, if you like. And uh, and that's how you grow your money. Okay, very good. And Joseph, one of the, I mean, what drew, drove me to to go to your uh, YouTube channel is dividend stocks because this is something I personally wanted to know more about. Uh, because what I liked is the what I like with dividend stocks is that it it is a form of passive income, a bit like the REITs, as you said. So it provides you an income quarterly or uh, biannually or even monthly. Uh, depending on um, the stock, and can you tell us a little bit more about how to to look for um, dividend-paying stocks? Sure. Well, you know, who doesn't like being uh, paid while they invest, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's really that's really where these dividend stocks and those REITs come in. Is uh, you receive that that constant and consistent cash flow from from just holding the stocks, uh, and it turns out that dividends uh, are about half the total return from the market. Right. So uh, so going back, you know, decades and decades of stock market data, then then the dividends you collect are about half of your total return. So it's a it's a huge part and very important part of the uh, of the market return. And uh, there are a few things that you can look for uh, when you're looking at dividend stocks. Again, I would say that, um, you know, you, you could probably buy maybe one or two uh, index funds that cover uh, specifically dividend stocks. Uh, and then go back to that strategy of, okay, so you're in your your industry looking at stocks and then picking dividend stocks out of there. Uh, and what I like about dividend stocks is that they provide kind of a, a, a cash discipline on management, right? So every company they have, they have profits, they have returns, uh, and, and they have cash flow and, and they've got two, uh, two decisions to make with that or two decisions to make with that cash flow. They can either reinvest it in the business or return it to, to, uh, to investors as a dividend. Uh, so, you know, companies that, that have no dividend, that pay no dividend, they've got all this cash flow and are just pushing it towards projects. Well, companies that pay that dividend, uh, they've got a little bit more cash discipline because they know they have to meet that dividend. Mm-hmm. They've already agreed. They've uh, they've they've committed to paying that dividend on a on a monthly or quarterly basis, uh, and so they have to kind of pick and choose the best projects that that are available. So it's a little bit of cash discipline for them. Uh, plus, you get that extra return, like we talked about. Yeah. And one of the things you one of the things you want to look at in a uh, in a dividend stock, I know a lot of people they love just you know, just investing on the highest dividend yield possible, right? So every stock, you know, they're gonna they're gonna pay out a, a dividend amount each uh, each three months usually, and uh, so if you add that up over the the four quarters, so add up the total dividend they pay in a year, uh, and divide that by the stock price, then that's the dividend yield. Okay, it's it's always quoted on an annual basis. So if you see a stock that pays a four percent dividend yield, that's going to be four percent of the stock price they're going to pay out each year. Okay, and uh, 
So a lot of people, they just love to go after the highest dividend yield they can, they can find. Well, the problem here is that especially when you get up into uh, stocks paying an 8% or 10 or 12% dividend yield is that it is very hard to meet that dividend payment uh, and still grow a company, right? Uh, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, these very high yield stocks that you're going to find are in companies like uh, BDCs, which are business development companies, which are kind of uh, you know, lenders to small and medium sized businesses. Uh, you get uh, also uh, master limited partnerships, uh, which are kind of energy, energy stock uh, companies. But a lot of these, they pay out so much of their earnings as the dividend. They just they don't hold anything back to, uh, you know, to to grow to grow the company and really to stay competitive. Uh, so what you want to do, you want to look at the payout ratio. Uh, and this is just the uh, the dividend that they're paying out uh, compared to their earnings. Right. The earnings mm -hmm. is the profits for that. For that time, and so what you can do is is you find the earnings per share on, on just about any investing platform, uh, and then you take the the dividend the amount that they pay out over that period. So whether it's a quarter or whether it's a year, and it's just the dividend divided by that uh, that earnings, and that's the payout ratio. Now that what that's going to tell you is, of course, how much of their earnings, how much of that company's profits they're paying out, they have to pay out as that dividend. Uh, and, and again, this is going to be different for industries for sectors uh companies in uh for example insurance uh those very stable cash flow utilities is another one are going to have a very high payout ratio they're going to pay a lot of their profits out as a dividend okay and that's fine because their uh, their profits are so stable and, and are so uh so consistent that uh because they know okay especially men, uh utilities that have a monopoly on their customers in a in a certain area they know how much they're going to make every quarter and they can pay out a certain amount uh other other uh other industries like technology uh biotech things like that uh they don't have that consistent cash flow right so so they're going to be paying out a much smaller percent of their uh, of their earnings as the dividend just to be on the safe side right uh, just to make sure that they have cash available to uh, to pay out the dividend and still grow the company so what you want to do anytime you're comparing dividends and really anytime you're picking stocks right you want to compare stocks within the same sector or within the same industry okay because all of these things that we can talk about all these things you hear about like the price to earnings ratio the dividend the payout ratio the dividend yield uh, these are going to be very specific to that specific industry okay uh comparing if you're comparing the price to earnings ratio which is an example of uh, how expensive or cheap a stock is if you're comparing that uh, a tech stock against a utility stock well, then, of course, uh, you know, often the, the, the tech stock is going to be much more expensive. Uh, it's going to have a much higher P.E. ratio because uh, the growth is so much higher. Right. Investors are willing to pay a higher price for those earnings because the earnings grow so much faster than that comparable than that utility company. So what you want to do. And, and so so comparing that P.E. ratio again uh, on those two stocks means really nothing. Right. Because it tells you nothing because the, the tech stocks are always almost always going to have a higher P.E. ratio. So what you want to do whenever you're comparing stocks, whether it's that payout ratio or the P.E. ratio or whatever, is uh, you want to stay within one industry when you're comparing stocks. So compare tech stocks against tech stocks, compare utility stocks against utility stocks and so forth. OK, that's going to tell you then when you're in that industry and you're comparing the payout ratio, you're comparing the P.E. ratio, uh, then you know you can know you you know that you're comparing apples to apples. OK, you're comparing uh, the same business model within that industry. So what using that uh, that payout ratio, what you do is is you look for you look at companies in that sector or in that industry 
uh, how much they're paying out as a, as a dividend. And that's a good way to get an idea of, okay, so which company, which, which companies have room to grow their dividend. Okay. So if one company is paying out, uh, you know, maybe a third of their earnings as a dividend and another company is paying out maybe two thirds of their earnings as a dividend, then obviously the company that's only paying out a third of their earnings has much more, uh, much more space there. They're, mm-hmm. they're holding so much more back to, uh, to grow the company. Uh, they can increase the dividend if they, if they like. Uh, so that's, that's probably a, a better bet as far as the dividend, the sustainability of that dividend. Now, of course you, you compare the dividend yields on them also. Uh, so if the, uh, if the company paying out two thirds of their earnings, uh, as a dividend has so, so much, uh, has such a higher dividend yield as the other one, then, then of course, maybe it balances out a little bit. Uh, sure. It's a little bit riskier, but that dividend yield is going to be higher. Uh, so that's one thing you want to look at. Another thing you want to look at when you're picking really any stocks besides dividend stocks, um, any stocks is called the operating margin. Okay. And this is one that, that I've been talking about lately with, with a video series. Mm-hmm. And, and the operating margin is really, I think is probably one of the best measures you can, you can use to compare stocks, right? Uh, that is just the operating income. So if you're in the income statement of a company, and this is the financial statement that really shows you know, how much money they made over either three months or over a year. Uh, you're in that income statement and it's going to show uh, sales or revenue at the top and then you're going to have a whole bunch of other stuff and then it's going to show operating income. Okay, Operating income is the money left over after they, play, they pay for supplies, they pay for uh, you know, all their marketing and staffing, they pay for those operational costs. Okay, And what it tells you, if you take that operating income and divide by the sales – uh, so, so operating income divided by sales, that's your operating margin. And that's the profit that they have left over uh, really from running the company. Okay. It's got the sales. You've got the sales. You take out uh, what they're paying suppliers and you take out how much it costs to run that company and you get their operating profits. Uh, and what this tells you is how well management is running that company, how well they are converting sales into operating profits. Okay. So, so what you can do is again, you can compare that, uh, across companies in that sector in that industry to really see okay whose management is really doing the best job at converting these uh these sales into profits now a lot of investors they love to look at the bottom line of that uh of that income statement which is earnings which is uh, earnings per share that 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 bottom line earnings uh, the problem here is that includes things like taxes that includes uh, the debt leverage that they're using, so interest payments, uh, that kind of thing. So it's it's muddled a little bit with some of these other accounting ideas. Uh, that's why I like to use that operating income, that operating margin, uh, to really compare companies uh, because it gives you a little bit purer idea of of management's ability to uh, to uh, to convert sales into into profits. So that's a that's another important factor that that I like to look for, uh, whether picking dividend stocks or or any stock really. Yeah. And Joseph, I was just wondering, um, in your experience, what uh, were the common errors or pitfalls made by investors or retail investors or professionals? What are the errors? Sure. Well, I think uh, I think one of the biggest thing is is some of the investing behaviors that that people uh, that people do that uh, that really causes them to to lose money and make some of those some of those worst decisions. Uh, one is obviously, you know, panic selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, investors love to get excited about stocks <laughs> yeah. and, and then uh, and then you know of course that that just goes to the polar opposite of of absolute despair when stocks are, are falling uh, so they tend to to buy at the top and uh, and sell at the bottom 
really, which is obviously the exact the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do, right? Um, so so I tell people, you know, just just cons- invest consistently every single month. Have that handful of stocks, that individual companies that you invest in, uh, and then the index funds, and don't do anything. You know, don't worry about what, what the market's really doing. Okay, just just invest consistently every month, and uh, and don't worry about it. That'll that's gonna that's gonna save you from that panic selling. I have a question um, because I don't know if you talked about this on your channel, but uh, you know it's easy for people to get into the latest trends or into a company they they love or because they like the product. Is that a good approach? For example, okay, for example, if I like video games, should I buy Activision stocks or? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think it's a common thing. No. Sure. No, that that is a great question, actually. And and people always refer to uh, Peter Lynch, which is a, a legendary investor. He ended up, I think, as the uh, you know, as the portfolio manager for the Magellan Funds. Peter Lynch beat the market by uh, by well, he beat the market for for about two decades straight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think he he ended up producing maybe a twenty five percent annual return. Uh, and in his book, he says, "Invest in what you know," right? And, yep. and that is uh, that's kind of the one of the golden rules of investing. And what people have taken that to mean uh, is, you know, exactly what you're saying. If you like, uh, if you like Activision games, you invest in Activision. Or if you, if you like eating, uh, you know, Campbell's soup, then you invest in Campbell's. And that is not what he meant. Okay, what he actually <laughs> meant, and if you read the book and and really get into uh, what he's saying there, is is exactly kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast. Right, invest in what you know means investing in those companies or that industry where you have deep professional knowledge. Okay, that's not that's not just uh, playing video games. That's not just uh, you know being a consumer of foods, which we all are, right? Mm-hmm. That is actually knowing the business model in which these uh, these companies uh, interact and and uh, and do business. Um, so so yeah, that is a you know I know people like you said people love to get excited about a company, right? Uh, take for example Tesla. Take for example Apple. Um, but the problem is people. Uh, invest so much money into these companies thinking, well, you know, I love my iPhone. I, you know, everybody's talking about Tesla and, and I, I've seen a Tesla car and it looks nice, mm-hmm. uh, but they have no idea how that business model works, right? They have no idea uh, how Apple, uh, you know, creates profits through its, through its hardware, through its software and its services. Uh, so it's really, it's really kind of a, um, you know, they, they, it, they have no knowledge of that, of that industry. Right. Uh, and and sure, you know, they may love the products, but uh, that's that's no indication of how well that company is run or whether it will be run like that and run as well and create profits in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I like about stock picking as well, because, okay, even though I made the, those mistakes and when I started investing myself, I was playing a bit around. But okay, as I with the years, okay, then I started to dig more again in the financial uh, balance sheets, etc., the financial statements, and and you really start to get to understand how they make money, where where, where the money comes from, etc., what the perspectives are, and that's something interesting. But of course, I cannot do that for uh, forty or fifty companies. I need to limit myself. And uh, and and Joseph, I just wanted to ask because where did uh, how did you get started with with the I mean, equity. Um, I mean, equity as an equity analyst. Where did that passion or this drive come from to to work with stocks and um, yeah, and portfolio management, etc.? 
Sure, sure. Well, I, you know, I always loved uh, loved the idea of investing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Putting your knowledge to work to really, uh, you know, find a, a create or, or buy a, a share of a company and uh, and you know, like you said, reap the passive returns from that, uh, create that that cash flow from that uh, from as far back as I can remember. Uh, so, so when I when I was in college, then I actually. Uh, this was right around the 2002, 2003 real estate boom. So I actually got started in real estate investing uh, and uh, worked as a commercial real estate analyst. Did that for a few years, uh, and then and then really got turned on to the stock market. Uh, really started to see, uh, you know, some of these other opportunities in the stock market. Uh, some of the some of the advantages over the real estate market as far as liquidity and leverage and, and some of those other things. Uh, so so yeah, I started. Uh, you know, I I started taking some some real estate or some stock price. Uh, market classes, some finance classes, and and uh, and finished my finished my degree in uh, finance, mm-hmm. as well as uh, as well as a, a an analyst uh, background or an analyst uh, you know elective, I guess. Uh, then I then I started working. You know, I started working as as an analyst. I got a uh, I, I started studying for the Charter Financial Analyst designation, which is kind of the kind of the gold standard for for analysts, right? A lot of people they see that CFP or the the financial planner uh, designation, and that's more for the for the retail advising, so so working with people for their wealth goals and that kind of thing. Uh, but the CFA uh, designation is much more the analyst route and uh, that that equity markets uh, route. So I so I went down there and I, and I, I got the designation and 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 I love it. You know, I love I love being able to uh, to look at a company, uh, compare companies against each other, and really trying to fi- find the uh, the best of breeds and the uh, the ones with that competitive ad- advantage that's going to uh, going to make those excess returns. Yeah, excellent. And um, with your channel or with your website, what are your your future plans? I mean, do you do you plan to to continue YouTube for a few years, or do you plan to expand do a, become a speaker or expand on the websites what, what are what are the plans for let's talk money <laughs> sure you know I, i'm loving where i'm at right now actually yeah. uh, i i started the blogs in 2013 so i've been doing those for uh for about six years now i started the youtube channel about two years ago and uh you know the youtube channel is just it's just been an amazing growth we're up to about 120,000 people in the community now and and like I said, it's it's that face to face engagement and that personal uh, attachment that that I never could get with the blogs. So I love the blogs. I, I still love sharing my ideas and and writing on those. Uh, but the YouTube channel is is really where it's at right now, and for many many years to come, I'm sure. Uh, just just being able to grow that community and and interact with people face to face and and back and forth, especially you know in the live streams that we'll do uh, occasionally on Sundays, uh, be able to to chat back and forth with that. So, so no, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy uh, doing three videos a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll, I'll do a video. Sometimes we'll do live on Sundays and, uh, eventually, you know, I would love to, to be able to sell shares of the company to investors and really bring people in, uh, you know, as investors to the company and really, you know, help it grow and see how, see where it grows from there. Excellent. Excellent. And one question uh, that I have as well, it's nothing to do with finance, but what's up with the bow tie? <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, it's it's a lot of things, right? I uh, one is is uh, after about six years of, of working from home uh, with the blogs and the YouTube channel, then then I kind of miss the uh, the days of dress up, right? Yeah. You go into work and and you wear a tie or, or whatnot each day, so I kind of missed that. Uh, but it was also the opportunity just to kind of set myself apart, right? So uh, 
you've got so many YouTubers or so many YouTube channels. Basically, somebody just throws on a T-shirt and gets in front of the camera. Uh, well, I wanted to show people that, you know, uh, I'm a professional. It's a professional channel. Uh, I've got the, uh, you know, I've, I've got that professional background and I, and I want to help them understand mm-hmm. some of these, uh, some of these difficult concepts, uh, in, in a professional way. So, so yeah, sure. It was, it was, it was a way to kind of differentiate myself and, uh, and be a little different. You know, I'm a, I'm, I am an inner nerd all the way, uh, spent, <laughs> spent, I, I think the first, uh, the first 20 years of my life of fighting, the uh, the title of nerd and and the next twenty years uh, embracing it. yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah because I like it when you start your videos you embrace I mean you say hi to the to the bow tie nation so that's why it was oh yeah hard. okay well Joseph this was very this was excellent I really enjoyed and uh, learning about more about stock picking and dividend stocks and I'm sure the listeners as well and I hope they will become your viewers as well but before we leave. Uh, I have three quick fire questions I would like to ask you, uh, Joseph. Sure, go ahead. Number one is, what has been your best investment so far? Best investment? Uh, I would say, uh, you know, it's, it's going to sound cliche and everybody says it, but but really the investment in myself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting that education that, you know, I've got the double degrees in finance and communications. Uh, so important, I think, for everybody to have kind of a hard science uh, degree. So something in, in a professional space and then a soft science. Uh, so so speaking, uh, communications, things like that uh, really served me well. I've got a master's degree in business as well, uh, the professional designation. So so I've spent a lot of time you know, formally with those degrees, but as well, uh, you know, learning about the businesses, learning about online businesses and how they run, you know, buying courses for myself, things like that. So really investing in myself. Uh, it's it's something that uh, that you're never going to find a higher return than uh, the books you read, than the things you learn. Uh, not only is it going to create uh, more opportunities for you, so you're going to be able to change jobs uh, whenever you need to, because you're going to be an asset to any job you take. Uh, it's going to obviously you know create a, a higher income for you, but it's just uh, you know another part of that opportunity that it creates is you get a, you get more opportunities. You get you get to pick where you work, right? Uh, if you uh, you know if you don't have that ticket punch and it's sad but true but a lot of a lot of companies still look for that that degree or or some kind of a, a designation uh, or they won't even let you through the door so it's just going to open up so many more opportunities for you uh, to get a job to get the job you you enjoy doing and and, and more income no i totally i totally agree and uh, number two um joseph what is the best book you would recommend to anyone and it does not need to be financial uh Wow, so many. Uh, there are, there's, uh, you know, two two uh, really great uh, business books that I've read. Uh, one is uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the creator or the founder of uh, Nike. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent look on, on how he created that company and, and kind of watched it grow. Another one by Richard Branson, uh, which uh, Losing My Virginity. It's his first book about uh, you know developing and and growing uh, the Virgin Empire. Um, I, I am a huge fan of history, right? Human history, uh, how we've how we've developed and evolved uh, through the ages. Uh, so, so I read a lot of that. Uh, one really interesting one is called *Sapiens*. It's by uh, a guy I think Noah. I want to say Noah Berger, something like that. Uh, but it's it's kind of that, and it's not necessarily just a history lesson, but it takes chunks out of uh, you know out of our evolution and, and historical evolution and and why we kind of behave and react the way we do. Uh, today. Um, last one I would say is uh, The Ascent of Money. 
It's about by uh, Niall Ferguson. Uh, and it is a kind of that history of money, how it evolved, how it, or how we developed it uh, to uh, from from hundreds of years uh, in the past. A very interesting read on on uh, stock markets and, and investing and that kind of thing. Okay, well, it looks good to read around the Christmas time. Sure. <laughs> so I'll put it on my list. And are you as well? Um, I mean, do you have inspir? Do you get who do you get inspiration from for the financial world? Like you mentioned, Peter Lynch before, Warren Buffett, or those guys, or any other uh, big traders or fi- or uh, investor. You know, I, I really don't. I uh, as far as uh, professional investors or traders. Uh, you know, everybody always says Warren Buffett, yeah. And, and yeah, he's a he's a very successful investor. He's he actually kind of invests in a lot of the the kind of ideas that really just aren't open to Main Street investors. So I think a lot of people are are a little misguided uh, when they look towards uh, for towards there. Um, a lot of the other people that you see on TV, uh, they're they're really pitching their own specific investments, right? Uh, and, and they're they're wrong, you know, fifty one percent of the time. Uh, of course, when they're that other 49% of the time when they're right, then they they use that to prove, uh, you know, how smart smart they are. And that's what they talk about for years and years. Uh, some of these some of these guys you see on CNBC, they've been, you know, they'll, they'll be on two or three times a week uh, and, and will beat a story for for three years, uh, be wrong consistently. And then, you know, they'll be right one time out of it and that's what they'll talk about all the time yeah so i really i'm really kind of a skeptic when it comes to a lot of professional investors and the people that you know the famous people you see on tv the the best investors really really aren't aren't appearing on on a lot of these tv shows and that they're they're working with their own clients uh with with their own institutional investors and and they don't really need to go on you know cnbc or bloomberg yeah they have their agenda yeah yeah Yeah. okay and then the the last question uh joseph uh, what is the best purchase you have made for under a hundred dollars? Oh wow, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess I would have to say uh, I'd have to say the uh, the camera, the the battery adapter for my camera, uh, and and it's not necessarily that that one thing is such a great investment, but the idea I think is is something that a lot of people can can really get a lot from. Okay, so so I bought this ca- this battery adapter. And uh, it has just saved me so much time and so much hassle, you know, right, from having to mm-hmm. uh, to recharge the camera batteries and things like that. And I think that the point here is that, you know, there are things that you can buy that uh, are going to make your life easier, are going to save you time, and even and you know, ultimately are going to save you money, right? Uh, especially if you if you've got your own business and you're running your own business. I mean, time is very precious, right? Uh, so anytime you can look into your process. Uh, and this, you know, this applies for people that work a, a traditional nine to five job as well. You know, anytime you can look into your process and uh, and just find out ways to, you know, whether through a product or a service, ways to save your time and, and really make your make your use of time more efficient. Uh, that's going to be the best money you ever spend. Okay, excellent. I love that tip. And Joseph, so um, yeah, I think you gave a lot of valuable tips and great info. And I think people are eager to to find you on social media and on your YouTube channel. So where can they find you? Sure. Well, I'd love to see everybody come on over and join the community on uh, on Let's Talk Money. That's uh, that's first probably, and, and really where I'm spending most of my time at. I uh, just recently got on Instagram, which of course is always a sign that a social media platform is past its prime when I join it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I'm on Instagram <laughs> at uh, you know let's uh, let's talk money Joseph Hogan that's all with underscores and all kinds of stuff there 
the the four blogs. Uh, I run four blogs on personal finance, uh, debt, investing, and making money online. Uh, so you can find all of those through the uh, through the YouTube channel uh, and and find those through there. Uh, but yeah, you know, just just join me on the uh, the videos. Uh, leave a comment uh, on a on a video. Say hi, and uh, I read every single comment, and I love hearing from people in the community. Excellent, excellent. So thank you again, Joseph. It was a it was a pleasure to have you. Excellent. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jonathan. It was great to have uh, Joseph on the show, and I definitely learned a lot about dividend-paying stocks, uh, which I was uh, interested in in the first place, and but as well about uh, stock pickings. So I hope you enjoyed the show as well, and that you learned something from it. I know it was a bit more technical than usual, but I think uh, Joseph made it quite easy and simple to uh, to explain the financial ratios, etc. And of course, if you want to know more, I strongly encourage you to uh, join the Bowtie community and follow Joseph on uh, YouTube. And before we head off, here are my quick takeaways I jotted down during the interview. And I really liked Joseph's first key point. If you wish to pick stocks, you need to be willing to put in the extra time to research the stocks or the companies. But if not, you will be perfectly fine with investing in the low-cost index funds, for example. To be successful at picking stocks, Joseph advises to focus on one sector and on a small number of companies first to acquire that deep knowledge, just like actually real equity analysts. And a great place to start is simply the industry you're working in right now. Joseph made as well two important points uh, talking about stocks, because they represent a fantastic opportunity to grow your wealth, but you should still be diversified with other asset classes, real estate or bonds, for example. And the second point that he said is that it is important to make consistent monthly contributions to your investing account, to your stock portfolio. This is how you will grow your money over time, actually. Regarding dividends, these are actually an important part of the total market returns, about half of it actually. So it's quite important to understand what a dividend is and how it works. And again here, Joseph's channel is an excellent place to start learning more. When you will start to look at the dividend stocks, don't focus only on the stocks with the highest dividend yield, look as well at the payout ratios, if they make sense. As an example, I took the Apple stock and the dividend today is $3.08 and the share price is $318. This makes for a dividend yield of just a bit less uh, than 1%, 0.97%. And you can deduct the payout ratios from the company's financial statements. And yeah, I've calculated that it's about 25%, which is quite good, as it leaves some room for the company to reinvest those profits and continue growing. And talking about those financial ratios, such as price on earnings or dividend payout ratios, etc., always compare them within the same industry. There's no point in comparing the P.E. ratio of Apple to that of ExxonMobil or to Louis Vuitton, for example. The most common errors or mistakes in investing are actually behavioral, such as panic selling, for example. The best way to avoid these errors and mistakes is to simply contribute consistently over time, as we said before, and not to worry about the day-to-day -day market movements. And I'll close the show with Peter Lynch's most famous quote, invest in what you know. And no, it does not mean that uh, if you love your iPhone, that you know Apple. <laughs> so that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.